Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Common Sense Show. Thank you for joining us. My name is Dave Hodges. I'm the host, and we're the show that's freeing America one enslaved mind at a time. And we've got a uh, financial report, and we do that uh, every so often with uh, Robert Kudla. He's our market expert, and we are living in times of great transition, even though the Fed chair said, stop using the word transitory. It's not accurate. Thank you, Mr. Fed chair, for telling the truth. But we're going to get into all of this with inflation and the effects of any new variants. Uh, we're going to get into all that today with Robert Kudla from Trade Genius. Bob, welcome to the show. I'm glad you could join us. And it, it, we could talk every other day, and I think we'd have different themes to seize on. Yeah, things are moving really fast, Dave. And so about three weeks ago, um, the Federal Reserve... Um, and the administration pivoted and uh, because of basically because of energy prices are starting to get to a point where, you know, I'm sure they're seeing the polling data and they're probably scared witless of going into winter with energy prices 100 percent higher than it was last winter. And they know they know that's a non-starter for them. So they basically sent out the Federal Reserve to start talking the market down and trying to take out, take oil out of, at its knees. Now they pushed it down about about twelve dollars a barrel, and uh, and you know, and all of a sudden the deflation talk is starting to pop up, and oil's peaked, and this, that, and the other thing, and it's all just for show. And when that started to wane a little bit, this new variant showed up, and people started thinking lockdown again, and that would drop energy prices again. And that's what Europe's faced with. Europe is locking down because they can't afford the energy and they're trying to scare the they're trying to scare the energy markets down so they can buy natural gas and oil at reasonable prices so their people don't freeze to death in the winter. Right. But but what happened yesterday, we're talking on Friday, I think this is going to go out next week, uh, is that I think um, the 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 new variant is 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 very mild. And it's not going to stress the healthcare system like they probably thought it was going to. And President Biden had an opportunity yesterday to really go hard on on lockdowns and mandates, and he did not. And so, um, which tells me is that they're trying to they're trying to find a balance, you know, against their desire to be authoritarian versus political reality, and immediately oil. Oil jumped up six dollars since yesterday's low. Oh my gosh! After they got that, so energy markets are like saying, "Hey, um, Omicron is nothing, no big deal. We're going to start lifting the price of energy again, and we're going to be in a situation in two weeks where the Federal Reserve has their meeting, because they may have to actually take real action versus jawboning." Yeah, one of the things that Biden did say about the new variant. Uh, that he was going to do was he was uh, changing travel entry requirements into the United States. Uh, and that's to be cautious to try not to let the uh, variant spread any more than necessary. Will that have any kind of an effect on the economy? Well, not ours, but um, I think it's, um, it's going to cause great grief in Southern Africa and probably Mexico. I mean, just think about it. You know how many people travel across the Mexican border to the United States to work every day? I know. A lot. An awful lot. I mean, like a half a million people between 
Texas and Florida, you know, people don't realize, you know, we only hear, but there's probably in Tijuana, 60,000 people that, that live in Tijuana and work in San Diego, you know, and, and, and vice versa. There's probably five to 6,000 executives and managers that go down to the Maquiadoras. I mean, what are they going to do? They're going to get tested every day, you know? It's a nightmare, and so I think it's going to affect that. And um, and but other than that, I, I don't think so. I think uh, you know if, if there's no lockdowns in this country, inflation's coming roaring back, and we have inflation now. With the job report came out today, and it was awful again. So we're going to have stagflation is still my theme, Dave. However, it looks it can be at 120 dollars a barrel oil, or it could be at 80 dollars a barrel oil, but but the economy going into recession. But either way, there's a delta between what people can afford with energy and the price of energy. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, the, it's hard for them to balance that healthcare element in there, that's for sure. Let me ask you a question just on general principle here, and this is all hypothetical, not projective, but um, if we were to go into a lockdown, inflation would greatly decline but we would have other serious issues with the economy. Is that correct? Yeah, and that's why I call the inflationary depression kind of scenario where, you know, if, if even if energy costs or inflation come down, the, the economic, there's a delta between economic activity and the price of, of goods. That's not going to change. You know, if you think about it, when things get too expensive, you just get less of it. And that's what's going to happen either way. But I think, look, the Fed... They, they, they risk a deflationary collapse if they push too hard. We're already pushing into like a 2018 <clears throat> scenario, where where the market dropped 20 percent in 18 days. You know that that right now is the likely scenario. That makes sense. There's a couple other factors out there though that I wonder how they uh, factor in, and that's um, has to do with home construction. And home construction seems to have peaked because it's lagging behind demand. Yeah, and also Zillow abandoned the market. You, you know, and you're you're obviously aware because Phoenix was one of the markets they just basically dumped everything back onto the market. And so Phoenix and Orlando are kind of the canaries in the coal mine of of speculation gone bad. Right. And so, uh, look, yeah. Look, and we're also at a point now where interest rates are likely to start to drift back higher again, and um, and that that'll kill the uh, that'll kill the real estate market. Even where I live in here in Southern California, um, the, my realtor neighbor was telling me that the market has decidedly cooled off. He said we just run out of buyers that can afford these homes. Well, there was a trend that was going on with uh, I believe it was BlackRock. Where they were buying homes at 20 to 50 percent over asking price, and this was greatly driving up the price in an area, and they were doing it like for entire neighborhoods, not just one home at a time. Um, has that process subsided? Yes, and that's why Zillow exited the market. So what happened, Dave? Which was really fascinating, is that they were <coughs> buying into the market, and they were doing basically they were doing fix and rents, right? So they buy these properties, bring people in, fix them up, put them back out on the rental market. Well, they, they number one, they couldn't get labor, and the labor they got cost more, and then they couldn't get materials, and the materials they can get cost more, and basically their model went upside down. 
and so they just made a they made a decision and bailed out of them completely. So there's another company also I can't remember off the top of my head who it is and BlackRock. So they've all they've all dialed back because there's no ROI in anymore. They're counting yeah. 100% on capital gains to to to, to make to make the money here, you know, the cash flow is not there, you know, and, and so, and they've short-term borrowed days. So the minute, the minute interest rates go up and they have to borrow at a higher rate, the whole speculative real estate market collapses. And when I mean collapse, I don't mean collapsing in price. I mean, collapsing in activity. So it's not like 1929 where it rolls up on the stock market. Oh, uh, I don't. It, well, or even twenty oh eight, but it just will be um, the the market. The speculation will be out of the market. Okay, that that's what I that's what I was wondering because let me tell you something else that I've read, and I've read it in a few places. So I think there might be some truth in this. That speaking of the market, some key insiders are dumping a lot of stock right now. Is that is that true or is that just a rumor? No, that's very true. They're sneaking out the back door. Um, that's going to present a lot of, uh, uh, well, for some people, that'll be a cause of anxiety. But I know you, Bob, you, you like the volatility because you make money on it. Um, what kind of opportunity is this going to provide for your people at Trade Genius if, if the insiders are starting to bail on some number? Well, right now we're defensive, so we're waiting, we're waiting for the shoe to drop. So, uh, you know, but... Like I said, you know, I'm, my expectation is there's a 20% down move here. There's a chart I posted on on my um, on my private blog to my subscribers that showed that what's called the liquidity gap to the price of shares. And I don't want to scare anybody listening, but you know that that trues back up at spy uh, 320, and right now spy's at 450. So. There, there's that much of a gap in the market right now that um, so right now what we're doing is that we're we're shorting the small cap markets as we can and uh, you know we're still leaning long energy and and that's about the best we can do right now the small caps are the weakest because they don't have the support of the mega cap hedge funds buying them okay so obviously you're not bailing what you're doing is just focusing on what you know you can count on to make money in in the long term. Is that correct? Yeah, I mean, look, we um, we cut back quite a bit in the last couple of weeks, so you can be you know you can protect yourself with cash. But you know, the areas that we are dangling in is still energy and shorting the small cap market, which you can easily do. You know, use an ETF called TWM, so it's not like you have to do anything exotic. Okay. No, that uh, that does that does make a lot of sense. The the article one article I read and it was by a guy who claimed to be a financial economist, and he said he thought this would start more of a roll up and people would panic and bail on the market, but the ones that stayed would make a lot of money if they went to the right areas. Do you agree with that analysis? No, I think um, he who panics first panics best in this situation. <laughs> Is that one step ahead of the burning bridge? Exactly. You want to be on the right side of that rope bridge. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. So you're going to stay with energy in, in trade. Tell tell us. Okay, you said energy, but let let's go into what you're going to be doing with Trade Genius because you know I always say watch what the expert does, not what he says. Yeah. So um, you know we follow our system, as you know. We have um, our algorithms that 
tell us buying pressure and selling pressure. In fact, we just added a really cool feature called the range trader, which will actually frame out for you where the um, where the support and resistance areas are, which is really hard for people to to see visually. But now we put it out there, the visual cue for people. So what we're doing now is we're looking for those areas that um, that are support areas to buy using that system, and and um, and we're focusing on energy because we think that's going to come back first. And then we're also looking at areas of what they call resistance, but they call them dead cap bounces to be able to enter these short ETF trades that we're doing. And so if people want to do that with us, you just can go to tradelikeagenius.com. You get these indicators. You get access to our chat room. Uh, we'll teach you how the system works. And then we put trades out every day. So we put in our trade out this morning for TWM, and it's already up. Um, market's up over two hours. We're already up 2.5% on that trade today. Wow. So those are the kind of things that that we do. And, um, and so you can get our bundles. We have seven of them. We also trade cryptocurrencies. We trade in the futures and options markets too. So depending on what bundle you, you, you select, there's 65% off uh, off the bundle. Then the non-bundle items, you can use promo code CHRISTMAS and uh, you can get 40% off anything that's not bundled. You got to take advantage of it by the uh, 11th of December uh, to take advantage of this pricing. And I think you'll, uh, I think you'll like what we're doing. And and the nice thing about it is it doesn't matter if I'm right or wrong in my pronostications. Um, the system will tell me what to do. And so all I do is follow the system. And uh, and I'd rather be wrong in my predictions but right in my trades. Yeah, so in other words, you follow, you follow your algorithms, not what you think is going to happen. You have to get – you have to put a stake in the ground, Dave, and then – be, then you watch the system to see if that narrative is going to be uh, is going to agree with what the market's doing. Right now, we're in agreement, so that's what we're doing. And uh, and if it changes, I change. And so uh, the market will tell me what to do. It's all about money, money power. So you see the money flows coming into a trade. That means we're following big money in, and it just keeps it really simple for us. Okay, that that does that does make sense. Um... One of the things I'm wondering, though, is you, you've told me before, like, at Trade Genius, one of your strategies and your keys to success is you're going to ride that bounce, um, and it's usually three to five days long, and then you get out. So your average That's trade is three to five days, and you win two out of three of those trades. It, it, is the length of your time staying on a trade, is that more, is that shorter now, or will it be longer? Uh, when the market's like this, it you'll we'll, we'll hit our targets faster so it's a shorter time frame so you're either wrong or right faster in this market so when volatility goes up everything shrinks and so um you look at different time frames and like i said you know if i get three percent on a trade uh that, that's i'll put a stop underneath that i'll probably be at three percent on this by the time we get done with this call on this twm trade and i'll put a stop underneath it so um and, and this environment too, if you're right or fast, you take profit fast because it can reverse on you. So the market's volatile. Yeah. Okay. And that that's why. It's, really, what changes for you and your investors is that uh, they have to be on their toes and be prepared to move a little more quickly than than in a normal situation. You go for a walk, Dave. Your portfolio can move a couple thousand dollars in this environment. <laughs> okay. 
Yeah. Okay. But you know, if you want to make money, you got to pay attention to the details. There's no question. Like NFL teams facing a, a, a good pass rush, you got to get the ball out quick. Yeah, um, tell Jason Hill that. Exactly. So, <laughs> no kidding. Well, I, I you mentioned crypto. Um, I let me just give you my layman's interpretation, and then I'll let you pick it apart and then tell tell me how how you guys deal with this at uh, Trade Genius. I think the dollar is going to continue to be very volatile. I, I, you know, I, I see us moving in the direction of hyperinflation. I'm not predicting it in the immediate future, but I see us uh, looking at that horizon. And I think crypto has been selected, even by some of the elite, as at least a, a somewhat of a temporary landing spot to escape the ravages of fiat currency. What do you think? Oh, I totally agree with that. That's um, it is the um, the only place you can get off the banking system. In fact, Gary Gensler, the, the, the SEC chair, even said that cryptocurrencies is a direct competitor of the current banking system. So it's um, it's definitely have on their radar now. But I think it's politically entrenched in the U.S. And so I think it's going to be difficult for them to to weave that out because now there's a lot of very influential people making a lot of money in cryptocurrency. Well, MasterCard's among them. I, I've read that they have joined the crypto revolution, and wherever MasterCard is used, crypto is allowed. Yeah, and also um, Jack Dorsey quit Twitter. He's spending all his time over at Score. He's changing the name to um, to Block, i.e. blockchain. Yeah, He's yeah. created a decentralized brokerage system, um, which is like the next evolution for cryptocurrency. And uh, he's going to go full bore in there. And he's not the only one. I mean, you know, they're holding a PayPal MicroStrategies is their whole asset base is in is in uh, Bitcoin. So, yeah, a lot of people are saying, hey, look, I got to protect myself from currency. Look, if you're Turk and you live in Turkey, 60 percent of your of your of your buying power got obliterated in the last 30 days, 60 percent, 30 days. It's amazing. So are, are we looking at that in our future? Um, we're the reserve currency, so we'll be the last. So we'll see Europe to get destroyed and Asia get destroyed before we will. Mm -hmm. Well, Europe is, maybe I'm wrong, but from my layman's perspective, I think Europe's on the edge of uh, catastrophe. And then you mentioned uh, uh, heating oil you know, for this winter. I, I think that greatly exacerbates their problems. Does that mean that Russia is going to be able to exert strong political influence over Europe? That's why they're massing troops on the Ukrainian border, because they think they got us on the ropes. And they can take Ukraine back. Yeah, okay. That makes sense. I don't think they're going to take all of Ukraine back. I think they're going to probably go ahead and grab more of the wheat fields of Ukraine. <laughs> so they want the food, but don't they also want the, the a pass-through for their natural gas to Europe? Yeah, I think I think what they're gonna well they already have that with the Nord Stream going through the uh, Baltic Sea, but I think they're gonna try to control the entire Black Sea. That's my view. How does that influence the well-being of the United States? You know, I mean, in the scheme of things, Dave, it's really mocks Nick's for us. Okay, so um, that from that point of view, for Europe, it's probably um, a. Uh, more of a concern, uh, you know, but, um, you know, it's just a, a reassertive Russia is, is problematic. But, you know, if you're, a, if you're a believer in the Bible, Russia has their eye on the south. 
So um, they, they desperately need warm ports. And so uh, they're going to constantly try to uh, be more aggressive south. And so we'll have to, we'll have to see. Look, if they control that area, that means they, they can control Kazakhstan because Kazakhstan now is screwed. Is that they either got to go through China to the east or go through Russia to the west? You know, and, um, and Kazakhstan controls uranium and potash. So the Russians are putting themselves in a situation where they can they can control some very very vital minerals, right? That 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 the West desperately needs, and um, and so I think it bears watching. You know, I think we made a strategic mistake, Dave. I think we should have um, co-opted Russia instead of uh, try to try to to use them as some sort of political tool against Trump. Because Russia has things that the United States absolutely needs, and I think I think we could have um, we could have brought them into our sphere, but for whatever reason they we tried to create them into a boogeyman, and I think it's going to cost us long term. Platinum, palladium, cobalt, all the heavy metals. The Russians, the Russians are are it's Russia or South Africa or the Congo, right? So that's it, and some in Canada. Doesn't that put them at odds with China? Because those are the things that China needs too, especially for military buildup. Yeah, yeah, and 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 they're and they're going to sell it to China. But you know, you got to realize too, the Russians are very leery of China, right? You know, China could just move north and take over half of Russia. And what's Russia going to do about it, right? They throw nukes at them. So, so the Russians have to be very, very careful how they they don't want China too strong. And I, I think we're missing a tremendous opportunity to counterweight China by making nice with Russia. Yeah, I know, but there's some powerful people in the world that want China to be the world stabilizer, so to speak. And um, I, I think that's what's entering into that factor right there. You see, to me, I see this, there's a move towards centralization, you know, on a global scale. Uh, but certainly what's happened with the lockdowns and all that stuff has really retarded that process. But but there's a move in that direction. But it seems like Russia is really rejecting of that move. And let me just share with you one of, one of my past hopes that were dashed. I'd hoped that when Trump was elected, that he would be able to forge an alliance with Russia that'd be mutually productive but would counter the rise of China, who I view as being very dangerous. I fear China greatly. Uh, I see Russia as being much more civilized. And I thought that that could be a counter to, you know, globalist centralization, you know, basically stripping America of wealth and so forth and so on. But then the Democrats seized on that to stop Trump by, you know, Russia, 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 you're a Russian agent kind of thing. How far off am I on that? Can, can you elaborate on that? Yeah, I mean, I think you have the right strategic um, uh, view. And I don't think it's over yet. Um, China, to me, as you know, is I don't believe China is as powerful as, as everybody tries to give them credit for. They just did a really good job of buying everybody off. True. And that's why, that's why our left loves China and hates Russia, because the Russian mob did not let the American politicians make money in Russia, okay? But the Chinese, no problem. We'll throw some money at you to buy you off and co-opt you. And, uh, and ergo, China is a friend, Russia's hate it. And so I think, I think that's 
that's kind of the viewpoint. But I think people are realizing now that China is is truly a paper dragon. And I think once that comes into starker clarity, you know, China's friends will abandon them because there's no more money. You know, you know, you're you're always the cool guy as long as you're paying for everything when everybody goes out. But once you run out of cash, you're no longer the cool guy. And I, think that's, <laughs> I think that's China's problem. You're giving a biblical lesson, Bob. The prodigal son is what you're basically calling China. And, and then they're going to have to return home to their roots to get support, which basically means American industry. Yeah, look, I think it's already happening. So, um, you know, I ask a lot of questions all the time. And and with this supply chain thing, there's a lot of uh, decentralization now of the supply chain. China dominated, you know, had best costs, best this, best that. But they don't have best anymore, and and now they're they're starting to assert their political views on things. So Vietnam is a beneficiary of that. But believe it or not, Mexico, because you don't have to cross an ocean to get Mexican goods into the United States. You just take a train or a truck. Yeah. And so you're starting to see more industry now moving into Mexico because people don't have to worry about the ship. The the, the ports now become such a bottleneck. Yeah, that you no, know, you're exactly right. And see, I've been I've thought exactly what you're saying here. When Trump came into office, he said, "I'm going to carrot and stick you industries. You want to take our jobs overseas, fine, but you're going to pay a huge tariff when you bring your products back into the country to sell them. No more free lunch." So, the carrot and stick started to work, which why America had this great economic boom. And now I'm seeing this come back out of survival. The corporations are saying we can't depend on the supply chain any longer. We're getting killed, so we got to go more domestic or at least regional with our production or manufacturing. Is that correct? Yeah, and and look, I don't understand it because um, you know what you gain in labor gains in China, you lose in a lot of other ways. I mean, the the production runs like if you if you sold Christmas goods, you know it needs to be into the um, it needs to be into into the retailer warehouses by like November fifteenth. Yeah. So that means you have to actually have commitments from the contractors by the by like April fifteenth. You know, and then so they can start shipping this stuff. And when they keep shutting down these ports in China, at the same time they're shutting the ports down in the U.S. You're not a good you're not a good fit anymore, and costs go up. And 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 so. All of a sudden now Mexico doesn't look so bad, and and with look with automation, Dave, um, you know the costs are plummeting. No, that's true, and AI I imagine is playing a role in this as well too. Um, just out of curiosity, how's AI stock doing? Um, you know they were they're making their move, but they're they're pushing down like everything else. But AI machine learning companies um, are going to do really really well going forward. Okay. So there's an ETF called BOTS, B-O-T-Z, that, um, that's a good one to buy on dips. So you don't have to worry about being right on, um, on, on trying to pick a winner out here. You just have to wait now. Yeah, see, it pushed down. It just was at all-time highs on the 8th of November. Now it's pushing back. But, uh, and right now we're in what's called a consolidation mode with it. Uh, but, yeah, going forward, you want to own that. Of uh, those kind of companies because, you know, we have a different problem in the United States now. We're literally running out of workers. You know, what unsaid is the baby boomers are just coming out of the markets. 
in droves. Yeah, exactly. And, and so, um, so companies, if they want to survive, they're going to have to figure out how to do things more efficiently. And and there's tools out there. I mean, look, I couldn't run the business I have today. I couldn't do ten years ago. Okay, and or I'd have to have a staff that made it unprofitable for me. But I don't have the technology is just making things so much easier for for small business owners to to operate and really to attack larger competitors. So you can be faster, cheaper, nichier, you know, and uh, and I, that's why I think centralization is probably off the board. Yeah, and that is the enemy of uh, Marxism, which, from my perspective, without comment, is a good thing. The you, you know you what I like that you've done today in this interview is uh, you've taken the extreme childlike simplicity that the Biden administration engages in. Buttigieg, oh, we can't do anything about the supply chain problem. Well, that's why you're in your job, idiot. Do something. Try things. Innovate. But he doesn't. And then Biden says, well, Santa can deliver on time, but that's about it. Okay, same approach. It's just simplicity, simplicity, simplicity. And you're sitting here and you're reflecting what business is going to do. You're saying that, okay, we've got a problem. We're going to find multiple ways to solve the problem. And uh, why can't you run the government, Bob? That's that's one thing. But the other thing is the businesses are basically, I think, saying to hell with the government. Uh, we're going to innovate our own solutions. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. And so you have a situation. I'll give you an example. Um, I have a friend who um, owns, um, I won't say the product, but let's just, it's high tech, but it's not, it's a, uh, some of it is commodity, some of it's value add, and some of it is is um, um, high security. Okay, so so he has a manufacturing plant in China that does all their lowest end stuff. Okay, it has to be cheap. It's and then in Mexico he has all his value added stuff. You know things that are a little bit more complicated requires his engineers to be able to get there. So you know two or three hour flight to get to the Mexican plant so that his engineers can talk to their production people. And then the stuff that like NASA uses, you know, and, and the airlines use, um, that stuff's all manufactured here in Southern California. So so you're gonna see more of that kind of environment. But on the commodity side, Dave, which is really fascinating, is that, you know, I think you're gonna see a lot of commodity stuff come back to the US because these, these, these factories can be totally automated now. You know, things that used to take 200 workers, they could probably run now with 25. So you could afford to hire 25 Americans at a higher wage rate, you know, if you can if you can cite the, these these places correctly. And I'm talking like in pharmaceuticals and stuff like that. But at the very least, if you can't, if you're going to get it out of China and you're going to move it into into friendlier environments like Philippines or India, you know, and, and Mexico to where you don't have to worry about political um, disaster if China decides to play hardball with you. Yeah, and this really helps keep China in check. I mean, that, that's the thing I like the best too, yep. because although they may not be able to project their power globally uh, on a consistent basis, they sure can make people miserable in their own region. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, listen, this is why I have so much respect for trade genius. You, you heard the multiple multiplicity of analysis going on here and not this one size fits all that comes out of Washington and it's why you guys make money two out of three trades you win let me review real quickly Bob for the audience before we let you go because I think it's a great opportunity right now uh, you have until December 11th to get involved 
in Trade Genius, and you do it through the education ways. We call it bundled, non-bundled items, but basically it's teaching you how to do what it is you need to do to make money. And it's learning the algorithms and taking advantage of the advice, etc. And I like your analogy, you know, we, we give you a fish, we teach you to fish, we give you the fishing equipment, and they do that. And also, ladies and gentlemen, uh, you're going to get 40% off the non-bundled items until the 11th. The coupon code word to use is Christmas. And there are people that um, are making lots of money in Trade Genius. I've seen your attaboys. They're pretty good. So I would encourage people to sign up. Bob, any any parting words here? No, I think um, I think that's probably it. I think this is probably the next two to three months. The Fed Reserve in two weeks. You and I will probably talk right after that meeting. So I think we'll get some better insight as to what the the Fed wants to do. So I think we're going to probably sell down into that meeting or be. And then I think we'll get a Santa rally. And then going into 2022, I think the markets are going to continue to, to weaken as they try to right-size value versus the output that we're getting. Yeah, you just have to be on the right side of the, uh, the you call it the dead cat bounce, which obviously means something's crashed, but it's temporarily bouncing back and you ride that wave temporarily. I just want to make sure people knew what that term meant because I thought that was a really good analysis there. Well, Bob, I want to thank you for joining us here as we move into the holidays i hope you and your family have a, a great holiday and uh continued good luck with what you're doing you're, you're a trendsetter and i'm not i'm surprised that more people aren't trying to imitate what you guys are doing oh well um you know the lead dog never 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 looks back so um i don't really care what they're doing we're just going to keep innovating and try to do the right thing for people yeah you know who that sounds like you sound like bill belichick that great coach of New England who now has figured out how to win without Tom Brady. Well, we don't care what anybody else does. We do what we do, and we do it well. And that confidence is why you guys are making money. Anyway, thanks for joining us, Bob. It's always a pleasure to have you on and get your analysis. No, thanks for having me, Dave. Have take, a good one. Take care. You too. Hey, everybody. Glad to be back with you, and uh, thanks to Bob Kudla for uh, reassuring us America will be the last to fall. And I tend to agree with that financially. I think there's other dangers that lie ahead with this, but I think it's really interesting to get that perspective, and it's really reassuring. Hey, before we go further, need to let you know this segment of the program is brought to you by Noble Gold. And if you're going to be in a situation where you got a lot of money in the bank, you're going to get your butt kicked. You need to get your money out of the bank. You need to call the good people at Noble Gold. Let them help you diversify. Because when is hyperinflation coming? I don't know. Bob says we're the last ones to know, be the last ones to experience it, but I think forewarned is forearmed, and I would move now. Give them a call tomorrow, six four, excuse me, 877-646-5347. That's 877-646-5347. Also, how are your preps going? Food, water, guns, gold, ammo, natural medicine, and tools. How are you doing on that? Well, the reality is this, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't have storable food, you're going to be depending on a government who left a thousand citizens behind in Afghanistan. Behind what? Behind enemy lines to be dealt with. And that should be a problem for every single American. Don't don't get caught up in this. We have the best storable food company in the world and one of the few that's really left standing. So what we're going to really encourage you to do right now is to go to preparewithdave.com. And what will you find at MPS, My Patriot Supply? 25-year shelf life. $100 off the 90-day emergency package, and you say, Dave, I need more than 90 days. I know, you probably need two years. That's what the experts say. But you can gather them in 90-day increments. You can bug out. You can store. 
you can bug out, you can store. But if you order in 90-day increments and stack the orders, you're going to save the $100 all the way through the order. You think that's really a good deal. Plus, you'll get restaurant quality, lots of diversity in the food, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So you really want to be a part of grabbing your storable food while you can. Because here's the problem. There are 18 threats to the food supplies I've cataloged. Hyperinflation will knock out your buying your preps. Is hyperinflation here? I think it's knocking on the door. I don't know when it's going to arrive. Do you want to take the chance? That's why you need to move now. Go to preparewithdave.com. That's preparewithdave.com. And we have one more sponsor for the remainder of the show, and it's our sat phone sponsor. And, you know, my greatest fear, my greatest absolute fear is we'll be caught without communication. Do you know that when the government decides, this administration decides, enough is enough, and they're going to shut the cities down and impose martial law, they can shut your city down if you're in a large city in 30 minutes. What if your family is scattered throughout the city? They'll shut your cell phone down, your landline, your internet, but they can't shut down your sat phone. That's right. So this is why, the main reason why everyone has a sat phone, at least connected to me. What about you? How about driving on that lonely road? No cell phone coverage. Car breaks down. <laughs> you don't dare walk. What are you going to do? Well, if you have the sky and the sat phone, you can call. So how do you find out more? Because you're saying, this sounds pretty good. Is it expensive? No, no, it's not. I pay one quarter of the cost for my sat phone than I do for my cell phone. But I will tell you this, I don't use it to chit-chat, and neither should you. It's for emergency use only. So you really want to grab it right now while you can, because they ordered 2,000 of these. 1,500 are already gone. You need to move quickly. So what do you do? Well, you call 855-980-5830. So let me just say this, ladies and gentlemen. You're saying, sad phone, that's too high tech for me. Hey, I get what you're saying. I truly do. I truly get what you're saying. But the reality is this. If you don't act now and you realize, oh my gosh, and they're going to be out. They're going to sell out. I'm telling you, it's not a scare tactic. It's a fact. In fact, I'm going to read to you the numbers right here. Dear Dave, we ordered the 2000s. No, we've already sold over 1,500. We have less than 500 left, and we will be running out here shortly. That's from the owner. So I'm going to give that number again, 855-980-5830. That's 855-980-5830. And you notice, all the ads we have for the Common Sense Show tie into survival. Let's take a look around the world and see what's going on. I've got good news and I've got bad news. You know, what's, what's the good news? Which one do you want first? Most people say, well, give me the bad news first. Well, no, I'm going to be arbitrary and give you the good news first. Biden and Putin are going to meet. And it has forestalled the Russian slash Ukrainian slash could start World War III war. That's the good news. That's really good. Okay, I think you can probably guess the bad news. All working through the back door. Blinken met with Lavrov, Defense Secretary for Russia. By all accounts, he got his lunch handed to him by the Russian. They got their we got our butts kicked on every front. <laughs> We're such a strong administration, aren't we? And then Lavrov uh, said, yeah, we claim victory. And then Blinken warned China. Ooh, watch out, Blinken. 
guy looks like Pee Wee Herman. He said, if you attack Taiwan, we really mean business. They're laughing at us, folks. They're laughing at us. Either we have people that are running the country with dementia or they're politically impotent. It's unbelievable what's going on in this government. So here's the bad news. The bad news is, is Putin is going to sit down across the table from Biden. Putin is one of the most skilled negotiators, intelligent leaders, headstrong, stubborn, fiercely loyal to his own country, unlike his counterpart. He is going to wipe the floor with, with Biden. I just can't even imagine what's going to come out of this. I truly can't. I fear for the future, not just of our country, but I fear for the future of the world. This could start World War III, and Biden's nonsense could be behind it. And maybe he's just doing the globalist bidding. Maybe they would like a war of depopulation. So there you have it. Good news, bad news, and letting Biden go. Why doesn't he get a front person? You know, I got an idea. Why doesn't he grab Mike Pompeo? Oh, they could never do that. Could never grab a Republican, right? But Mike Pompeo faced down North Korea's leaders. He's faced down China during the Trump administration. He could hold his own with Putin, but they'll never let that happen. And this administration has nobody. Send Susan Rice. No, she'll give away the country to Russia. Are you kidding? She's an avowed communist. Send Bernie. He's worse. Ladies and gentlemen, do you get the feeling that we've been betrayed? Just ask the thousand Americans that have been left behind in Afghanistan to be dealt with by the Taliban. Well, they could send Kamala. Oh, you've got to be kidding. Have you seen what's going on with her? They're going to, they're gonna, I don't know, rename the book of the Bible, Exodus. They're going to call it Kamala. Kamaladus. Have you seen what's happening with her people? She's not under fire from the country. She's not under fire from her party. She's under fire from the people that she hired. They're saying, up your nose with a rubber hose, you little hoe. I'm out of here. They want nothing to do with her. They don't want the fact that they worked for Kamala Harris on their resume. And they are quitting in the vice presidential office by the droves. By the droves. Oh, my goodness. So number one has dementia. Heels in the air, Harris. Can't even keep a staff. Oh, 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 my goodness gracious. Well, they could always send Nancy. Did you hear her on Fox News when they played a statement that she made? I mean, she made Joe look coherent. Of course, I don't know that she has dementia, although she is 81. But I don't know that she has dementia. But the stories about the Secret Service having to drive this um, mafia princess home. Oh, yeah. You know who her daddy was, right? But um, <laughs> these stories are legendary. She gets drunker than a skunk and has to be driven home by the Secret Service. Yeah, that's probably what you heard there in that recording. But you know, with schizophrenic speech, you know how they just will babble on and on and on and on? That's what she did. She did what was called a word salad. It made zero sense. I, I played it back. I thought, this can't be real. There's got to be a joke here. There's a punchline. No, this administration is the punchline. You got dementia, you've got a hoe who can't lead, and you've got a drunkard whose mind is going. 
Maybe she's got Korsakoff psychosis, which is a disease of advanced alcoholism. Who are they going to put in there? Oh, Schumer. Yeah, there you go. Here's a guy that's a citizen of Israel. Okay, and by the way, I like the people of Israel. The government is as corrupt as it gets, and they're not loyal to us. And Schumer is more loyal to them than he is to the United States. We should never allow dual citizenship in our representative government. Don't you agree? Either you represent America or get the hell out. So now we're 0 for 4. Where will we turn next? McConnell. Oh, yeah, that's right. Used to be the Senate Majority Leader. Now he's the Senate Minority Leader. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, is that the same Dick McConnell whose wife, uh, ex-secretary of transportation, Powell, PAO, is that who we're talking Yeah, that's who we're talking about. And his wife's uh, family, her parents, controlled the six largest ports for the CCP. And we put her in charge of transportation in America. Yeah, let's send her to that meeting. <laughs> she won't sell America out. Like hell, she won't. She's been doing it for how long? Well, let's see. If we, we can't send Biden, if we can't send Harris, if we can't send Pelosi... If we can't send Schumer, who's left? There's no one really in position of strong politics who could go negotiate for us. Oh my gosh. Ladies and gentlemen, do you see why we're in the mess we're in? And I wish you would just take this recording and play it to someone who knows nothing about politics. But say, you know, why don't you listen to this and do us all a favor and look up what Dave is saying, see if it's not true. Well, maybe we could send a governor. Okay, so we'll run out of federal authorities and we'll send a governor. Oh, uh, we'll balance this, the tables. We'll send Doug Ducey. Oh, okay, Doug Ducey, the governor who's on the board of TGen tied to the vaccines. Mm-hmm, yeah, no conflict of interest there. Or how about the speech he made to the 2017 National Governors Association when he said, and I quote from the South China paper, as well as World Tribune, he said, the Chinese love rare earth minerals. And we got lots of rare earth minerals. We'll sell them in Arizona because we know they need them for their military. By the way, I went and looked this up in 2017 when Ducey said this. Do you know that the Chinese officials, various officials, no less than four times that I could found, threatened to nuke the United States in that year that he's promising yeah so i don't think we want to send Ducey. well we could send georgia governor kemp how about that one have you ever seen kemp uh on ccp tv that would be communist chinese party tv oh yeah have you ever seen the ads he did for communist chinese business in his own state do you know he sold out to the communist chinese Oh, the same as Ducey did. See, I forgot to mention this about Ducey. He used to have a, or I think he still does, a business called Cold Stone Creamery, and it was floundering. And it goes to China, and it does great. Nothing wrong with that until you owe the wrong people, and you're not serving the Americans. And the same with Kemp. Kemp did the same kind of thing. You see, the, the Chinese have done an excellent job of buying off officials. And then, of course, uh, you know, speaking along those lines to digress for a second, the prosecutor program. <laughs> yeah, he's come in and uh, Soros has and 
bought off all the prosecutors. In Arizona, he owns the Secretary of State who's trying to run for governor. Um, he just Soros funds our sheriff of Maricopa County, Paul Penzone, $2 million to unseat your pile. Where can we get an honest leader to represent the people of the United States? You have your stories? I mean, look at Minnesota. Your country is being run by people like Keith Ellisor, a, a total communist. A total communist. How about Ennis from Washington? Mask mandates per, permanent. And he's setting up concentration camps in Washington, similar to what they have in New Zealand. How about uh, uh, Governor Hockle, who replaced the sexual deviant um, Cuomo as governor? How about her? Well, have you heard? There's a bill that she's backing before the New York State Assembly. It's concentration camps for COVID positive people. So we can't get those governors. Well, where can we go? We could go to California, Newsom. <laughs> Mr. Rules for thee, but not for me. You must wear your mask and stay out of restaurants. And he's not wearing a mask and wearing a restaurant in the first lockdown. Ladies and gentlemen, this leads me to this point, okay? I could continue down this line, and I could easily turn this into a week's filled with shows. But let me cut to the chase. The Chinese and George Soros have managed to buy off and control the majority of people in politics at key decision points, from prosecutors to governors to county board of commissioners to secretaries of state to some sheriffs. I could go on and on and on. You just heard a smattering of the examples. So where does this lead us? There's not very many people worth returning to Congress. They're prostitutes. No, not just Kamala's type. I'm talking real prostitutes. They exchange services for money. Only these are political, sell the country out services participate in election fraud services, steal money from the people to give it to foreign entities, stand behind bills that'll give $110 billion for amnesty. Let people in the country we're not even vetting that could launch tremendous terrorist attacks against us. That's those people. See, the Republicans could have shut down the government over the border. But they didn't. They just want to go on Fox News, flap their gums, make you think they're doing something, but they're doing nothing. These prostitutes, both Republican and Democrat, the Democrats are a little worse, but they drink from the same trough. Make no mistake about it. They drink from the same trough. Do you think this is a rant you would ever hear in on Fox News? No, 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 no. They're controlled opposition. Why don't they ever talk about election fraud? Have you heard the shows we've done? On, oh, yeah, yeah. Paul Preston and I, we have killed it. I've spoken all across Arizona. We've killed it. But nothing ever changes. We will never have another free election. Your only chance in reality is to unelect every incumbent at the uh, primary level and get a whole new set of people in there and hope they're not corrupted before they'll enact election change. No more Dominion voting machines, no more late balloting, no more of the bull crap that led to the theft of elections. But if you don't have an election, folks, you live in an absolute and total 
100% dictatorship. Do I have to make it any more clear than that, folks? 100% dictatorship. The elections are a facade. I have the real votes from really good insider people. Paul Preston has the same votes for Arizona. You know, Trump didn't lose by 10,000 plus votes. He won by 1.1 million. And I've proven five major ways the election was stolen. I had it from inside sources. I've had it from collaborative data. Uh, in fact, I know I'm so right that in May, when I published some of my findings, the audit team that was involved in actually being the fraud team contacted people like Sarah Westall, Paul Preston, my other uh, colleagues, don't listen to Dave Hodges. One person was told, he'll get you killed. He's ruining the audit. Yeah, one private citizen with a computer and a website, and I'm ruining the audit. No, I exposed the fraud. We've already driven in Arizona one politician out of office. Problem is, damage done. Do you know the Arizona audit was decided without ever getting the court-ordered evidence turned over? <laughs> Hello? They made a decision on the audit after there were three rulings to turn the evidence over, and they made the ruling before. And now there's a special globalist named Shattuck who's in charge of what you'll ever get to see. And so what do we do about this problem, America? What do we do? Our people are bought and paid for. You know, there's some things, election form, reform we've got to do, but it ain't going to happen with the existing crew. So my advice is this. You need to get active in the primary, not in the general election. you got to get new people in there. Unelect every Republican. Unelect as many Democrats as you can. Run fresh people that will defend the people. We can popularize it on outlets like this all across the country. I have lots of colleagues that would love to be involved in a project like this, but we need to toss them all. Someone should do a website, tossthemall.com, because that's exactly what we've got to do if we're going to save our republic. Anyway, we really appreciate you being with us. We've got some terrific guests coming up in the near future. Uh, oh, we do. And you really need to check out the TV show, the commonsenseshow.tv. We have uh, quadrupled our, our, our viewership. We're getting four and a half and five stars on the major platforms. You really, really want to join up. The commonsenseshow.tv and people go, is it expensive? Well, it's $2.50 a month for two free months at the end of the annual plan. It's the cheapest subscription service out there, but we're getting the highest ratings. That's the thing that's amazing about this. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, it's always a privilege and pleasure to come before you. God bless all of you. And I mean that sincerely. God bless all of you. And we'll see you back here again on the next edition of The Common Sense Show with Dave Hodges.